Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the CHGO Fire podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Pat McCraney. He's Alex Campbell, and we are back after an extended absence. Yeah, we, we needed to take some time. You know, the week-to-week of the fire season, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners would agree, was a bit of a drudge, a bit of a, a downward time. A slog, so, if you will. Yeah, a slog. We had, to, we had to take a step back. Take some time to assess, and we're now here to share our thoughts on Not great, the disappointing Bob. year that was 2022 for the Chicago Fire. So we're going to be talking about the highs, the highs. and the lows, and there lows. are a few highs this season, despite the uh, missing the playoffs for the fifth straight season. But uh, I feel like, and then we're going to talk about, later in the show, we're going to talk about kind of what we expect, what we want to see going forward this offseason. But uh, right now, we should probably start with the lows. You know, let's get the bad stuff out of the yeah. way. Also, it's the stuff we've probably talked about more, and we don't want to talk about it more than we really have to. So, yeah. Yeah. And and the only, obviously, Pat, you mentioned that the headline is they missed the playoffs again in a league where, until recently, more than half the teams in the league made the playoffs. Slightly less do now, but I've heard it said many times about the teams who just barely sneak in. It is not an accomplishment to make the playoffs in MLS. The exception is, is FC Cincinnati finishing fifth this year yep. in the East yep. after three consecutive wooden spoons. That's an accomplishment. That yeah. kind of improvement is an accomplishment. Or I would argue maybe Austin as well. Austin yeah. actually yeah. had a bigger points increase. Yeah, Slightly different, I think, because that's a team that was expansion last year, really took the time to educate themselves for one season, and then just stepped on the gas this year. So likewise, though, I think Austin can feel really proud about making yeah. the playoffs and winning a playoff game. All right, all right, all right. They're just L-I-V-I-N down there. I just want to be Austin. around them and him. Like, it must be amazing being there. Just The atmosphere you know. in Austin looks amazing. Got to get there for a game at some point. But, yeah, it's the fact that MLS making the playoffs by a roll of the dice is something you should do half the time and the yeah. fire can't do it. That's the frustration they, there. Yeah, they are, I believe, one of two teams in the last three seasons since George Heights got here to miss the playoffs every year. One of two, Houston and Chicago. Well, the crazy thing is, and I saw this pointed out last night, the final four teams in the Western Conference this year are the two L.A. teams and two Texas teams. And last year, no teams from California or Texas made the playoffs yeah. in MLS. So that right there just lobbed off an enormous portion of that has not made the playoffs list right there. there. And so it's, it shows you that yeah. other teams do these quick reversals all the time. It right. is in this right. league, it is very doable. Yeah, like the, the teams like the two LA teams are the best example of this, the the Galaxy and LAFC, where they might have a bad season. There could be an injury or whatever whatever might cause a bad season uh, and they miss the playoffs, but then they bounce back immediately and make it, you know, there's there's not these prolonged times of 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 just failure i know la the galaxy well, have yeah, made the it galaxy, i was gonna say are actually a really i think good analogous example to the fire lafc had a weird year they bounced right yeah. back they spend a lot of money they've got a lot of very good players the galaxy were mismanaged and poorly yeah. run yeah. for a long time they just kind of came out of that galactico era and yeah. never really figured out how to build a roster under the mls rules and then bang greg vanny comes back former la galaxy player former very successful manager in Toronto, he comes in and things immediately get better. So, again, it doesn't matter if you've been in a malaise for several years. It can be done. Yeah, and you can't also, and we've seen this time after time in this league, you can't also just spend your way out of it in MLS. It's, not, soccer, it's not quite unlike, that simple. Soccer, unlike a lot of other sports, is as much about who the worst players on the field are as who the best players on the field are. It's not basketball where one guy, two guys can can do it for you. If you have a terrible defender or a terrible midfielder, 
it's it's a black hole on the field. You're playing a man down, and these are the things that that the fire seem to get wrong. Where they spend high at the top end, even in the Hauptman era, when they were cheap off the field everywhere, their payroll was still very high in large part because of Bastian Schweinsteiger. But their payroll was still very high. But you can't just spend, and and it's almost worse to me to spend and fail. Because at least you know the other teams that are trying to to, to do it the the yeah you uh, could be RSL yeah right 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 do they play sexy soccer no but do they make the playoffs at least half the time yes can anyone explain it not really but again it's it's what do you want there was and I know we're coming out of this but the fire had guys like uh, Boris Sekulich on like six hundred and fifty thousand or somewhere roughly in that in that ballpark it's like what like what and and, and you know. Some of the guys who were the biggest contributors were the homegrowns making eighty or ninety or hundred grand a year. It, it, it's MLS th- is a weird league. It's hard to build an a an efficient roster. That's why there's only a couple people who've really gotten good at it. But I mean, if you want to think of like a not really like for like example about how just because you have a couple great talents, you know, look at the plight of the Norwegian men's national soccer team. <laughs> they have yeah, Erling yeah. Holland and Martin Odegaard, two of the they, best young players in the world, and they can't do it anything yeah. because the rest of the team isn't good enough yeah so again it, it and the problem is those guys are great and those guys are hitting on all cylinders as for the fire Jordan Shakiri made over eight million dollars this year and scored only three goals from open play all season that ain't great no three non-penalty goals all season and it you know as far as a production standpoint his assists were a little bit higher but I think the production numbers, the you know, you know, goal involvements were way, 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 way too low for a guy who you know you paid you paid eight point one five million in salary, you paid a seven million dollar transfer fee for. That's what you got out of him. And then also we talked about this, but you know, asking to come out in the eighty eighth minute of a game that's tied two two is just yeah, that one hurt the not most. It. Like cause the ones again, I I didn't enjoy when he was asking to come out in the sixty something right or the seventy something, but like. That makes some sense. Coming out that late in a game that important with your season in the balance, I mean, that was just, that was his entire year in a nutshell right there. And I, you know, I was at the game as a fan in Bridgeview, the last game of the season, and to watch him, he doesn't like something that happens. He could not be walking back slower to join, like the ball's going the other way in transition. He's still arms up in the air, bitching at his teammates, walking back as slow as he can. I'm like, for a guy who put up as, as, as garbage of numbers as he did for what he's been being paid, he has no right to trash any of his way more productive teammates. It drives me nuts. And so if you're a Fire fan, like, are you, let's, let's assume that my hashtag ship Shakiri to Switzerland plan is not happening. If you're a Fire fan, would you rather watch the World Cup and see Jordan Shakiri play very well and be encouraged by it? Or do you think Fire fans would prefer to see him not look in top form and feel a bit more gratifying about it, like, hey, serves you right? That's a great question that I don't have an answer to. The soccer answer is you want to see him play well. Like yeah, The, the right, soccer right, answer is right. you would like to see Jordan Shakiri play very well at the right. World Cup and feel like he's still got some more top-level ability in him. But I could understand if there was some shade in Froda and the fire and fire fans were like, you know what? I hope Switzerland doesn't get out of the group. Yeah. Or, you know, is he going to not ask to come out of a World Cup game? You can't imagine he would. And then he does blow out his hamstring and then you go, hmm, maybe he was right all along. I don't know. I, 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 I was beyond disappointed at his play and his behavior this season. And, um, you know, he wasn't the only disappointment. No, but before we move on, if you had to give a grade to Jordan Shakiri's 2022 for the Chicago mm. Fire, uh, I think I'm going to go about a 4.5 for me. I think about a 3. Yeah. I, I think you've got to grade him on a, on a curve because of his salary. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So Next, we've got Jairo Torres, who is a complicated player to discuss for a couple of reasons. First of all, we learned after he got here that he was just broken when he showed up yeah. and that Atlas were papering over an injury to get him to the end of what was a championship winning campaign for them, a really historic achievement for that club. But Jairo Torres physically clearly paid a price for that. I don't fully understand how, and this happened with two players this season with, with Shabilko and with Torres, where there was some sort of chronic lingering injury 
what I what I wish I understood better is, did the fire know and just say, eh, well, they'll get better? Or did the fire have no idea? And if the answer is no idea, then how did they not know? Does that, did these things not come up in a medical? I don't, I don't yeah, what know. Is it, is, is it worse to have a sin of commission or omission? Yeah, I don't. It's one or the other. Right, right. And again, it's kind of like what I said before about Shakiri. Do you want to see him do well or bad? Like, I, I don't, like, there's pros and cons of both sides of how you're going to yeah. feel about that. And it's, it's yeah, it's, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have an opinion because I don't know which it is. But if I knew which it is, I could, I, I could tell you both are bad. The other thing right? is for the second year in a row, the fire signed a designated player. And said he was one thing, only for all of us to do our research later and find out he never played that position at his last club. In 2021, it was Gaston Jimenez, who was brought in and advertised as a physical number six. Yeah. It's not what Gaston Jimenez is. He's nope. a number eight. He's a very elegant player. Yeah. He's a good passer, but his size does not correlate to the way he plays the game. Yeah. Jairo Torres, we were told, was a winger. He's not. He is a central midfielder, maybe an attacking mid, depending on how you want to Look at it. He played as one of two dual eights or dual tens, depending on your terminology, and a four three three at Alice. Yeah, that's that's the position he played, making like late runs into the box to make an impact. And but the, and the fire yeah. labeled him as a right winger because that's just the spot they had vacant. And I, I don't watch the Argentinian league, so I didn't. I, I had heard things about Gaston, but I didn't know. I, I do watch Liga Amekis, and, and I knew because these were the defending champions we were talking about who who Jairo Torres was and where he played on the field and they were they it's not like they were saying you know Ezra was open with we know he plays centrally for there but we believe he's going to be a better winger for us and which is just between the lines saying we have Shakiri at the 10 I only play a 4231 and thus we have no other choice is what that was yeah yeah and it, I don't know that that's totally Ezra's fault. I, I think that yeah. the the personnel on this this roster, the way it was constructed, basically you could only play a four two three one, from what I could tell. And and, and you hired a coach who you sh- knew coming in was going to play four two three one. Yeah. It's yeah. It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If you were confused listening, we're right there with you. And so that's it's. I think that's the thing. I think gaslighting is too strong a term here. But just for the second year in a row, for a marquee signing to come in. And for fans to be told this guy is going to do X and then people to do their homework and be like, wait a minute, that's not what he does. It's just, it's, it's, it's a very weird experience. Um, I, mean, I forget what the exact, uh, the exact quote is, but what, what's the meme? It's like, you know, it's kind of, it, it's not impossible, but it's weird that it happened twice, right? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, we mentioned Chibilko, um <sighs> incredibly disappointed in him this season. Maybe it's not his fault. Maybe he's got this this back injury. I believe it is that that he's he's suffering through. It looked like many times he could not move on the pitch this year, which you saw. Um, and we're we're going to talk about Duran later, but um, you know, obviously Shabilko had scored a ton of goals in MLS over the last three seasons. This is uh, this it was a signing I liked because I had no idea about any chronic injuries or whatever, um, but. That it clearly, clearly, clearly didn't work out, and it seemed like <clears throat> Ezra stuck with him far too long. Although I don't know, it's easy to go in hindsight. It should have been Duran all year, but you know, Duran was also really sloppy at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so. and that was kind of the plan yeah. was to work him in. Yeah. The other thing, and this fits back into the why are you signing players who don't fit your system question. I I'm not going to be able to credit who it was because I don't remember. I saw a tweet the other day that showed Casper Shabilko's splits playing in a two-striker system, which he did for most of his time at Philly, Again. and playing as a lone striker. Yes. Casper Shabilko, injured or not, has never been very good as a lone striker. But in a two-striker system, like he played at Philadelphia, with generally a quick run-in-behind, yeah. stretch-the-defense yeah. strike partner, was very, very good. Well, then the fire took that and put him in a totally different type of team. Again, a similar sort of thing. It, it's yeah. like the yeah. scouting... The tactics, the players, none of it fits. There are different types of nines, and he is not the nine the fire needed. No, and it's I would not be surprised. I don't know if he's going to leave this offseason, but if Casper Shabilko left this offseason, went somewhere that played a front two, and scored double-digit goals yeah. next year, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think that I, – I think the fire would like him to go this offseason, but, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen. Speaking of uh, people that should be going yep. – um, George Heights is still here. 
Um, I <sighs> thought this was an easy enough decision that it should have happened the day after the uh, the season was over. To me, I, I don't see how you can fail this hard consistently and continue to run something into the ground. But um, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. And we don't know that he's staying because there's been no word I've asked. I, I, Ezra I, Hendrickson was like weirdly cryptic yesterday. Like, I think it's I, – I would have expected basically a vague no comment when Ezra was asked about – like asking the head coach about his boss's – job situation is kind of an awkward place to put the head yeah. coach in the fact that Ezra said anything at all in response yeah. was like well this is this is weird because if if you really just didn't want to talk about this you would say uh, it's not my place to speculate next question and he gave a slightly longer answer than that so it's 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 confusing the whole thing's weird I, I would expect that this is based on nothing just common sense if he's going to go somewhere, if they're going to, you know, get rid of him, it's going to happen this week because you can't wait any longer on this. You just can't. I would have expected it would have happened last week. but I, I, A statement that applies to both of Chicago's soccer teams at the moment. MLS can be funny with yeah, – exactly. MLS can be funny with um, putting – teams on hold for making announcements sometimes the league controls when teams can make announcements on they, things and they don't like those things to happen during playoff games or on playoff it's why, days it's why no so. matter what happens every year the day after mls cup is the largest mls yes. news dump of all time yes. because there's weeks worth of news from around the league that's been embargoed by the league office but yeah no, uh, to continue that brief thought there yeah both chicago soccer teams are in a place right now yeah you have until your respective league's championship is decided to get your house in order. Otherwise, you're going to be left holding a bag of various shape, depending on the yeah. situation between the two teams, and be worse off for it. So in the Fires case, if, he, if Heights is staying or if he's going, you need to affirm that soon and then start taking yeah, care of your you know off-season what? Like business. To, to me, I, and I can tell you this, I talk to a lot of people in and around the Fire organization. Nobody's got confidence in the guy. No, it's it's this really weird thing. It's like, well, we don't know if he's staying or going, but like that's largely born out of the fact that no one thinks he should be staying because yeah. no one has confidence in him. It cannot be a comfortable environment in the sporting department of the Chicago Fire right now, which just can't. But whoever's going to be leaving, leading those decisions, some certainty would be nice because the offseason is coming quickly, and we know this roster has work to be done. Some low points on the field. Uh, this season, I would say Columbus. Ugh, that one, uh, and then Ugh, it's it's hurts. twin Charlotte, the not the fun Charlotte three two, no, no, the no, 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 one. the other Charlotte three two where they were up twice the season, up two nothing at halftime and blew the lead and lost three two. The Columbus uh, one is particularly annoying because the Columbus crew were the worst team in MLS this year at giving away points yes. and winning positions. They blew leads like that all the time in like equally if not more dramatic fashion like and Caleb Porter's been fired because of it now I don't know how many the, I forget the number but Columbus conceded like double digit goals this season in the 90th minute that is incredibly <laughs> hard to do it's just they they just could not close out a game so to see them do that to the fire painful even more so in hindsight the open cup loss uh you made a great point about this about Ugh. the kids yeah yeah, so they they did the thing that you do yeah. in the U.S. Open Cup. I, I don't which think is, Ezra was wrong. You play none of your starters. She hosts yeah. played, but right. I just think, again, I think that was like right after Wyatt got hurt. So it was like, we don't really know what we're doing at center back. So Rafa, stay out there. They played all the kids. It went horribly. And my theory is that is the reason we did not see basically any of the kids get a chance the rest of the season because it was like, oh, you had your opportunity. You didn't take it. Too bad, so sad. Could be. And, I mean, we saw all the guys like Andre Reynolds gets pulled in out of necessity because the fire were just running out of players. Yeah. Um, I mean, you get the really nice moment at the end with Alex Monas getting his goal, but, like, where was he all season? Him, Bezerra, or a hell. I mean, and it took a while for Brian Rodriguez to, to even – not Brian Gutierrez, excuse me, to win his place back – the thing that always was weird to me all season is like these are guys getting called up by youth national yeah. teams. Gu Guti's nuts because Guti outperformed Jairo Torres at a by a wide margin and outperformed Shakiri. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Again, the goals—it's a little 
because Shakiri took penalties, so you got to take that into effect. But like, if you were to rank attacking midfielder slash winger players on the Chicago Fire this year, Guti's no worse than second. And then the other thing, the hilariously, they missed the playoffs by nine points. I think they had seven or eight zero zero games. If they just score one goal in three of those, they're at least tied for that last playoff spot. One goal, one. So four total goals. If they're able to score four goals in those seven games, one in each of the four, that would be 12 points, and they would have easily made the playoffs. Such are the margins of Major League Soccer. Let's do some business. Business time. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings by up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay bet today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. I'm pretty excited about the Bulls this year. I don't think they're going to be amazing, but I'm just genuinely excited they're back. I love the hoop. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO and make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We're also brought to you by GameTime. The great new ticketing site makes it easier than ever to score great deals on the events you want to go to. It's cool to see GameTime, you know, kind of getting more publicity. I remember I used it for the first time a few years ago while living in New York to go to a New York Mets game. Just got great last-minute tickets. It's fun, yeah. For like 15 bucks, Mm -hmm. And you can get seats you never thought you could afford. 50-yard line courtside. Go to a Bulls game. That's going to probably be the one you're going to hear us all around CHGO talk the most about going forward here as the NBA season starts tonight, I believe. And you won't find a better deal this season to go see the Bulls at the United Center then on Game Time, an app that was created by fans for fans. And one of the ways you can support us is by buying tickets on Game Time through the link that is in the show notes. So check that out and join over 15 million people who have downloaded Game Time and score the best seats to all your favorite events. There were some bright spots for the fire this year. And the one we have to start with is the progression of John Duran at Striker. I've said it several times this year, Pat, the what if of the year. And again, yeah. it's, it's really wishful thinking because the fire managed Duran's minutes the way they intended to. They stuck to the plan. But what if you had had the attacking group that was the go-to at the end of the season be the group for the whole season? Uh, do the yeah. fire make the playoffs? We're never going to know. Again, it's really revisionist to say, oh, you could just throw an 18-year-old Colombian into the lineup out of nowhere and it's going to be fine because... John Durant at the beginning of the year did not look like he was going to be the guy he, he was at the end of the year. I can remember him in the first preseason game on a break, one player to beat, the ball's on his right foot. He has not much of a right foot. And yep. he switches it back to his left into the defender, which is something I would get on one of my U9 players for doing, you know, rather than just shooting with the right. And I'm like, I don't know if this kid's got it I, I I don't know if it's there but then you I would see even in training or in different moments I'd see this this the pace I'd see the left foot which is sick and you'd go okay I can see what they're seeing here it's just a matter of getting him dialed in and he's it's, just crazy he's crazy athletic like he's got like soccer players yeah. are great athletes period like I don't think the average Joe realizes how good of shape literally every professional soccer player is in. Yeah. But Duran is like, you know, it's he's just ridiculous how athletic, yeah. how strong, how quick that guy is. I think Ruben from Hot Time made a, uh, a, a comment during – he had one of the goals. I can't remember which game it was, but it was like a long breakaway run. He's like, oh, look, he's doing his best impression of Thierry Henry at the Bernabeu. And it's like – it looked uh. like that. He, the guy runs like Thierry Henry. Love it. It's it. So it's it's. I don't. You know. That's gonna be. I continue to also be surprised that he's only six foot tall because I swear he plays like he's about six three. I think he's taller than six feet, isn't he? 
I think he's listed like six foot or six one. Mm. It's we again. He plays yeah. larger than that. It, it's 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 hard to describe, but he really emerged, and the fires planned for him from kind of day one. We're going to talk more about this later in the what comes next portion of the podcast. The plan was ease him in, and hope he becomes an established starter and the top level and shows the top level talent we know he has. Check that box. Yeah, that yeah. happened. Yeah, part two was have him be the starter up top and the go-to guy for a full season, and then you assume after that you're selling him on. We have to wait and see if part two is going to happen because maybe part one went too well. (laughs) (laughs) And they might have gotten over their skis a bit. If I'm a European club, I'm swooping in now. Well, the other thing that's relevant, particularly for one particular nation, England, is that John Duran has Columbia caps now. Yeah. And with in the post-Brexit world, the calculus of getting a work permit in the UK has become harder for everybody, including professional footballers. And one of the ways you can make that easier is like it's like a point system, basically. You have to have enough points to qualify for a work permit. One of the ways you get points is by playing international games. So John, with Columbia not going to the World Cup, you could have asked, what was the point of Columbia bringing in John Duran? And playing him for like three minutes twice. The point was it because it could make his work visa claim stronger if he were to move. At least that is my that is I think that was part of what was going yeah. on there. Certainly, well, they will also want to get a young, promising guy in camp. Yeah. But I was surprised he got those call ups. And so, you know, these, yeah. these these international teams from the Western Hemisphere that consistently export to Europe, they know what they're doing. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the calculus here to potentially open up the market a bit for a Duran move if it happens. Peter's asking about identity, which is something I've talked about before with this with this club. And uh, if you look at, you know, I noticed earlier in the season that the Fire Chicago Fire two played differently than the first team. If you look at the academy teams, and I don't know if this is still true, but the identity varies by the coach it, it they, they play differently year to year to year to year which is a very very strange thing to me but I think the reason that is is because the fire have not had a head coach long enough at any point or had any success with any of them where there we go it's not like sporting Kansas City where we go this is how we play for better or right? worse right. this is the way we're doing it so like there's there's that starts at the top and it has no one's been around long enough to actually implement that and no one's had success no one's had success since since Pano in seventeen, and that wasn't sustained. So, I think that's why they're. And I, I think you're right. They, they they absolutely should have some sort of identity. They should have some sort of, of system of play throughout, you know, the first team on down. And they don't. And I think the reason they don't is because no one's around long enough to actually put it in. And that even applies to players, because again, like you know, you've got this great spark and a guy like John Duran, yeah, and having this season. But if he were to not be here next year, it's like okay, you're starting from scratch at that position again. Maybe, again, maybe yeah. you try to fill a DP spot there. But, yeah, it's just consistency in general has not been a theme. That would also help you not, you know, sign guys who are really good in a four four two diamond as a, as a, with a second striker. And, hey, but and, anyway, and, we're in the bright you know, spot portion yeah, of the podcast. Exactly. Speaking of things the Academy has done really well, Brian Gutierrez yeah. has shown great progress this year. He took some time to get into the U.S. Youth National setup and get in with the U19s and the U20s, but he is certainly making a name for himself there. I believe there's a U20 World Cup in the spring, right? I get these mixed up. So I'm going to look at that up correct. real quick. But, I mean, he's he's been – there were points where, you know, in, in 21 he was pretty good, but he had that kind of lingering uh, foot-ankle issue, I believe it was, that, that you know, kind of held him out yeah, toward uh, the U, end. U20 World Cup is next May into June. Thank so. you, Google. Brian Gutierrez is currently trying to work his way into that team. That's what he's currently trying to do. I would hope they'd release him for that too, for for an actual World Cup. I think you'd let him go for yeah. a World Cup. Um, yes. Yeah, that he's been, I, I thought, phenomenal this year. Uh, there were stretches where he wasn't starting when Hiro was, and I'm like, at this point, how many more chances are you going to give Hiro to play this position? Well, we he did can't say play? at the time. 
initially, we said you got to give Hiro a chance. You got to, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we think we would agree that lasted a couple more games than it should have, probably, especially in hindsight yeah. because Guti looked so good. But I don't think Guti played as a winger coming up either. Like the fact I that mean, he's had again, the versatility he's a, he's to play a 10. there. Like yeah, right. this is the whole problem with the fight right now is they're wedded to this system and they're wedded to Jordan Shakiri, which then means you have to plan around that because Shakiri, with his lack of running, can't really play anywhere else. So. You know, maybe you could play him on the right wing of a 4-3-3 and ask your striker, whoever they were, to really drop back and help out defensively. Yeah. But that creates a domino effect of other issues right. when you get possession back. So this, the combination of the system and Shakiri are hamstringing the team in certain ways. But Guti kind of rose above that and said, you know what? I'm going to take my chance. I'm going to make it work. And he's looked really promising. The, the no-look back-heel flick assist to Duran being the highlight of the season. That was really fun. Uh, also, Gaga's sale to Chelsea. Gaga's play in general, he was very, very good this season. His sale to Chelsea is obviously a massive moment for the club and the academy, but as you point out, it's only good if they spend the money correctly. Yeah, a whole lot of Garber bucks, whole yeah. lot of Monopoly money coming the fire's way uh, for Gaga Slanina, who is gone. Um, he is, he is, he, in the last game of the season, took a picture of his empty locker and Put it on social media, and I think that was about yeah. all we needed to see to know that he is not sticking. And then around. Ezra talking about how they need to bring in a goalkeeper. Um, it, it yesterday, I, I don't think it's completely out of the question that he would come back next year on loan. But obviously, that's Chelsea's decision, and it doesn't look like that's what's going to happen and right now. For what it's worth, Chelsea's goalkeeper situation continues to be strange. Uh, Kepa Arisa Balaga is looking like the 70 million pound goalkeeper Chelsea paid for a couple of years ago and is playing quite well right now after replacing Edward Mendy, who had a just a really lousy run of form, honestly, and has found mm-hmm. himself on the bench. So come next summer, Chelsea are going to have some decisions to make about what they're doing at the goalkeeping position. You never know the number two slot behind maybe Kepa, if Mendy moves on, could be, be, could be available. Um, we could also see Gaga go on loan. I still maintain that the thing I want to see him do is play for the PL2 under 23 side and just get used to living in London. Again, it's the first time he will be living not at home, and he's going to be doing so in a foreign country. Yeah, it's asking a lot for it's, it's, like a 19-year-old to be the number a, a two. A lot has been asked of him this year already. I mean, it's been a big year for him with making big life decisions. But, yeah, that is huge so I hope everybody has really good sense about that situation and that the next six months for Gaga are basically zero pressure whatsoever from a soccer maybe maybe give him the Carabao Cup maybe yeah maybe 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 put him on the bench for a Carabao Cup sure like, let's not let's not get too ahead of ourselves although are you guys going to be in the Europa League next year because maybe you could throw him in a group stage game remains to be seen again that's where it could get interesting if the number, number two job <laughs> is open now, Chelsea currently sitting fourth. It's only 10 games. I know, I know, I can't yet. help it. I just, hey, you know, Arsenal and Chelsea can both make the Champions League. Hey, the season know. ended today, they both would be in there. So, okay. you know, let's, it can happen. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's hope so. I think it's, it's very possible. <laughs> so, no, it, the Chelsea goalkeeper situation is uncertain. We don't know what Graham Potter, a manager who was not around when this signing was made. No one who was around when this signing is made is really still there because the people who were involved, the owner of the club was Roman Abramovich. Yeah. The person who apparently had a very large hand in in scouting Gaga and saying the club should sign him was Petr Cech, Chelsea legend, who was no longer working for the club under new ownership. And the manager was Thomas Tuchel. That's when they initially who, started, yeah. I think who was also... When the deal was actually done, the, the ownership had changed, I think, at that point. But yeah, but again... It this, wasn't them that... Yeah. It's, there's a... This, yeah, this was not, Graham Potter in particular was not around. No, definitely for, not. For any of this. So it's, it remains to be seen exactly what Gaga's place at Chelsea is going to be. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, he is gone. The fire will have a lot, money, a lot of money to spend. But regardless of what happens in the future, I don't think fire fans will soon forget what Gaga Slanina did as a teenager in really only about a year and a half of time with the fire. I think that, you now include him in, you know, the like kind of even he's only been here for slightly over a season as far as a member of the first team, but um, in like the lore of some of the all-time fire greats, just not, it, not because of what he necessarily accomplished from a winning standpoint, obviously, but, but I think 
because of who he is. Well, so. and it will be very dependent on what he goes on to. Yeah, achieve. exactly. Like yeah. if 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 Gaga has an underwhelming career from his the level of his expectations, he will be remembered as this guy who stepped in as a teenager into the Fire First team, did a great job, and like you know just was a was a symbol for the future of the club sort of thing. And I've talked about this, but I hope he goes on to have like the best career ever. And when he's 39 years old, comes back for one last season with the fire. Because it doesn't look like, a, I believe Brad Guzan signed a, uh, a contract extension in Atlanta. So we're not getting that veteran Chicago guy coming home. So maybe Gaga, when you and I are both feeling very old, can, yeah. can come back and uh, have a, a swan song in Chicago. Speaking of people who are slightly older soccer players, Rafa Shehos. Good season from him. Great season yeah. for him. A guy yeah, who... Good signing. Due to injuries, found himself not as an everyday starter for Köln in the Bundesliga last year. Found a home away from home in Chicago this year. Great signing. Mm-hmm. Has been, a, I think, a really good mentor for the younger center backs on this roster. Carlos Tehran in yeah. particular, who yeah. figures to be, if healthy, his go-to center back partner at the start of 23. So, yeah, I just think Rafa Shehos has been just kind of an unequivocal good piece of business. I think that if you're going to criticize Heights and company for their failures, I think you got to give them credit on that one. That was a great yep. signing. And I think that as far as Shehus goes, not only was he good on the field and showed leadership qualities, but he made whoever it was next to him better, whether it was Wyatt at the beginning of the season while Carlos Tehran was hurt or after Wyatt got hurt, Carlos Tehran, he made both of them better. Yes. Sort of like the season that Calvo played next to Basti. Calvo looked a little better playing next to Basti than he did alone trying to make decisions but of course on you know the only re- yeah that of, of course was only because Boston had to play center back because the roster had been so mismanaged yeah. that you had different story an all-time great defensive midfielder dropping yeah. in at center back but I die grass. go fire uh, Chris the- Mueller was a nice signing he did seem to run out of gas and he's been playing soccer for basically like almost two yeah, years yeah that's the thing straight. we talked about this a couple months yeah. ago that like Chris Mueller went from MLS to Scotland to MLS no break and yeah. so, like, he was going to burn out eventually. And we saw it happen with about a month ago. It sucks. It's like if he was running a marathon and he, like, sprained his ankle at mile 24. It's like, man, you were doing really well. And this is just. He uh, wasn't even necessarily. Like, I feel was like he was still- running, like. Mile thirty nine. Oh no, he was running more like an ultra marathon. Yeah, and it's like he was. Yeah, he was still working his ass off in oh, that yeah, last game. Oh yeah, he was game. trying was not very hard. A, yeah, it just wasn't yeah. going as well anymore. Like, so understandably, uh, I think a, a nice signing though. And after some rest, he should be he should be a quality um, quality player to have around next season. And, and one of my favorite moments of the season, and one of my favorite stories I've written uh, about this club ever, Alex Monis's goal at the end of the season to secure the tie. His very first touch of the ball in the 2022 season came in the last minutes of the last game, and he scored. And he immediately runs to the corner flag, and thoughts turn to his mom, who died of cancer a little less than a year ago. Um, Alex had to sit on the bench. I think I think in 21, he sat on the bench somewhere around 18 times and finally made it in the last game of the season. Frank put him in. Um, and then this season, a little bit Fewer times on the bench because he was with Fire 2 quite a bit. But he, I think he was on the bench somewhere around 10, 12. I'm, 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 I don't have the number off the top of my head, but he was on the bench quite a few times in 2022. Gets in for the last couple minutes of the last game and scores a goal. I was really, really happy for him. And it was one of those things that separate from how you feel about the team or the way things went this season and all the disappointments was one of those moments, sort of, you know, isolated moments where it brought me a ton of joy and I went from I was in the stands for that one with my kids and I went from being you know journalist who's kind of jaded at this point and doesn't really think I'm not really a fire fan at this point anymore like I used to be but like now I it just doesn't work anymore when you cover the team even if you're trying not even if you still want to be a fan it just goes away a little bit it's hard to explain it's 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 a it's a real phenomenon though but Yeah. yeah it's a great moment for Alex um I mean his dad Rich is a great guy yeah who you and I have both met um Rich has been a longtime athletic trainer at Neighborhood yeah. Central High yep. School. Yep. Been around the Chicago soccer scene for a very long time. So just a great moment for them. There was a great video that got shared around of yep. Rich celebrating that goal. Was shot by the head coach. Of uh, Matt Poland from Chicago House. Chicago House. Shout out to them. Won their first ever U.S. Open Cup yeah. game yesterday in a penalty. No, over the weekend in a penalty shootout. So that's a really cool, positive 
piece of Chicago soccer Absolutely. news around. So, yeah, just lots of Chicago soccer intertwining there. But, yeah, it was a final moment of the season. It's a great – it's just a great heartwarming thing. And, again, kind of going back to my point earlier about the kids getting shut out a bit after the U.S. Open Cup loss – Ever since it was, it kind of got lost in the shuffle because COVID hit right after this happened. There's that picture from early 2020 of all those. It's either late 2019 or early 2020 when this picture gets taken. It's that early 2020, yeah. Of like the nine homegrowns who all signed contracts at the same time, and we just haven't really seen them. I mean, this uh, Monus or a hell. Well, Guti's there, yeah. Guti, Guti's been the real. Or hell was later in in that in that photo. It was Brady's in that photo. That was five in that photo because they did five in one week. It was and it was the actual. It was the week that COVID hit. So they were planning on doing announcements Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but like two of them had their announcements delayed like a month because that that was the the week of the shutdown. Yeah, March twenty twenty. So it was it was Brady, uh, Alan Rodriguez, who has basically fallen out completely. It was Monus, it was Guti, and it was Javi Casas were the five. Javi Casas. Yeah. That, when I said Orihel, that's I was thinking yeah. Javi Casas. So we ha- and we've seen these guys float around. So we've been hearing since that photo, basically, we've been hearing about how these kids are the future of the team. And we've seen Guti break through. Three years, though, feels like it's enough time that we, sh- we should be starting to see more of that. You understand with Brady. Yeah. The, yeah. Brady, Brady, it sounds like, and we'll talk about this after a quick break here in a second, is going to get a shot at, to compete for that job. But, I mean, guys like Monas, guys like Casas, it's like we want to, again, if, if, the, if they're good enough for the youth national teams, can they at least get a, some bonus minutes in MLS? You'd think a little bit more. Uh, I, Ezra seems to be along the same lines of what Rafa Wiki was where he just didn't want to put them in if they were being blown out because he thought it would have a negative impact on their Which confidence. Is very fair. Um, there are very few times where the fire are up big. So those opportunities aren't really there to give, to give debuts. And so they, they're both very, very careful. And I think Ezra on top of it, from what I've heard, kind of likes to starve the young guys of minutes so they're very, very hungry to prove what they can do when they go out. Um, I do think that there may be, in hindsight, you might be right about what happened in the Open Cup game, and, and maybe that was kind of a setback for some of the guys. But, um, but yeah, it's it would be nice to see for all a team that has all these home runs. And if you think about it, like there are home runs on the field. Mauricio Pineda's on the field, and he was, I think, fantastic or good at, at the very least this season flexible again yeah, another guy very who, flexible yeah who doesn't yeah. really had we didn't think really had a position at this level because again we kind of thought his best place was in the middle of a back three because he wasn't quite good enough to be in a back four as a center back and wasn't quite good enough to play as a six but filling in when Gaston Jimenez was hurt looked Pretty comfortable. So I'm just I think Mauricio Pineda is the kind of guy every club wants. It's he's a bit of a Swiss Army knife. He's very yeah. selfless and you can do a job. There was a point in There's the season. There's lots of money and good yeah. careers for guys who could do a job. I never followed up on this, but there was a point in the season where I did the math and the, the fire's points per game were way higher when Mari was on the field than when he wasn't. Like if he happened to be filling in for somebody, they were a lot better off than when than when he wasn't. So. Also, uh, because his name came up, your uh, periodic Raphael Vicky update, uh, his young boys, BSC young boys, are top of the table. They still are. Swiss Super League, they are five points clear of second place. Lugano are in fifth. They are tied on points for fourth with St. Gallen, which is the last Europa Conference League qualifying spot in fourth place. So Lugano are top half, but, uh, yeah, young boys continuing to be the class of the Swiss Super League. So I was I was bemoaning, Pat, the fire not playing more kids, particularly kids mm-hmm. who play for the youth national teams quite frequently. I feel the segue coming, and I like Speaking it. Speaking of teams that play kids from the youth national teams very frequently, the Philadelphia Union, also Chicago Connection, Jim Curtin, former fire player. The Philadelphia Union, uh, later this week, will take on FC Cincinnati. Yes, FC Cincinnati won a playoff game. Yes, they did. And so they will take on FC Cincinnati. They're almost like... FC Cincinnati at this point is almost like Philadelphia Union Junior in that like they just took their coach yeah. and their they literally took the assistant coach and the assistant GM gave them promotions and magically their team got better. Mm. Mm. Anyway, um, they they'll play each other in an Eastern Conference semifinal later this week in Philly. Well, actually in Chester, Pennsylvania, of course. But we're looking a little further down the road, and with our new partners at DraftKings, we're looking at 
odds to win MLS Cup. Fav- LA- favorites for LAFC, but I didn't like the number on that. LAFC yeah. is down to plus 180. I'll yeah. be honest, I have a ticket from earlier in the season with them, and I think about plus 350, and I've been feeling pretty nervous about that yeah. simply because the the fancy player integration has not gone as smoothly as they would have liked. Now, maybe they were only looking at the playoffs. Maybe they're like, we don't need to win regular season games and look pretty with Gareth Bale and Giorgio Chiellini and Christian Teo. Like, we just right. need these guys to step up in a big moment in the playoffs. But again, it's still a little shaky. However, you can get on DraftKings right now the Philadelphia Union at plus 250 to win their first championship. And given the way that team I like is that. playing back to front, everything about that team looks really, really solid. Daniel Gazdag, the, um, I think he's Hungarian? They're number 10, set a club goals record there. Uh, Mikel Ura has come in for Kasper Shabilko, and you wouldn't even notice Kasper was gone. Their back line with, you know, Glesnes and Elliott at center back. Kai Wagner, who was linked to Leeds United, among other places in Europe, has been phenomenal at left back this year. That's just a... A really, really good team. Also, Ali Bedoya still hanging around that team yeah. somehow. Um, but yeah, Philadelphia at plus 250 to win MLS Cup feels like really good value right now. So that's our DraftKings pick of the week. I like it. I do think they're going to win it. So that means they're going to lose this week. To FC Cincinnati. And the U.S. soccer Twitter will be thrown into more consternation when the Philadelphia Union are knocked out by Brandon Vasquez. That's kind of what I want to. S- now that you say that, I mean, if I mean, we've already got Brandon Brandon Vasquez making Aaron Long look very stupid over the weekend. So like, we already got that moment. So I feel like that box has been checked. No, I kind of feel like this is the way I want to see things unfold. Now I, I want to see Vasquez fire Cincy to a championship, a Vasquez <laughs> hat trick in MLS Cup. Like that's it, and just. Yes, that is what I want to see. I love this. Oh boy, what am yes. I? Uh, so now you're now what you're, now, Greg? Now you're hedging against the bet we just told people to make. So it's excellent marketing right there. First week with DraftKings going swimmingly. Okay, Pfock and Vasquez, Greg. <laughs> Pfock and Vasquez. I mean, I'm with you there. Uh, also, Jesus Ferreira for Dallas last night. Woof. Uh, anyway, yeah, that guy just keeps missing big chances. Uh, so now what? MLS playoffs are underway. The off season is coming soon. Only a few weeks away. So Ezra Hendrickson, as we've alluded to several times, spoke to media yesterday, and he said their scouting focus for this offseason with looking for signings is striker, right back, and goalkeeper. The goalkeeper one we've alluded to kind of makes sense. You hope Chris Brady can just be Gaga and be that good mm-hmm. and just be another 18-year-old phenom that they could sell for a boatload of money in a couple of years. That'd be great. It's what we want to see. But insurance policies are smart. And Spencer Ritchie is a guy who's kind of a career backup at this point and a guy you feel really comfortable in that role. But I imagine the Fire are looking for one of two things. Either you're looking for a veteran who can come in and be a really stabilizing influence. A Bobby Shuttleworth type. Yeah, a guy who you would feel comfortable starting a lot of games if Brady hits a a rough patch of form or anything goes wrong there, whatever. Or you're, you're just brimming with confidence and you're looking for someone who you do not anticipate moving on anytime soon, who's not super young, but on the younger end for a goalkeeper, so under 30 probably, if you think it's very possible that Chris Brady is also not long for this team. So that, I think, will be interesting to watch. I don't know if you have any more thoughts there on the goalkeeper front. I I want, whatever happens, I want Chris Brady to be the the week one starter. I really do. I I don't want them to sign somebody who's – Big enough and experienced enough that the expectation would be that they that person starts over Brady. Correct. Unless they really feel like he's not ready. He's not ready. And again, he's 18. He's Gaga is abnormal. Gaga's weird that he is. Yeah. I, I thought Brady looked good his, against New England. Yeah, but, but the fact that Gaga, yes, Gaga had some rough, a couple of rough games this year. But like the fact that Gaga's this good at 18 doesn't happen for goalkeepers. It's really it's weird. not normal. So if Chris Brady does the same thing, it's going to be really bizarre. And then the fire can also probably just jack up the price for any future goalkeeper they ever sell if they manage to pull this off twice. Um, so, yeah, that will be interesting to watch. We, we should also point out that, that uh, from Cincy, Roman Celitano's young, too, and from Naperville. Like, what was going on in this area for those four or five years to produce this Damian Laws was, was from here? Like, the, the number of goalkeepers... Yeah, is Damian pro- Laws still full he was coming back. I think he did come back. There was always rumors he was coming back. 
I think he did come back to MLS. Google could tell us. Yeah. We're going to work on that here. But yeah, right back is the next one, which I think we might see a bit of a clear out at that position. Uh, I don't. Uh, Boris Sekulich is one of four guys who's up in the air. Um, I think the four guys who are up in the air for next year are Johnny B, Wyatt. I would love to see both back. Um, although I don't know that Johnny B makes sense. This is a sentimental thing because I like the guy. Wyatt, I think you bring back. Um, Boki is the third. I, he's not going to – I can't imagine at that salary Boris Sekulich is coming back. Uh, Damian Loss is the backup at Austin. That's right. He did go to Austin. I think the fire got um, some kind of garber bucks out of that deal. Yeah, almost um, certainly. And then uh, I remember I remember writing that in a notebook now. Um, and then Andre. I don't believe has a contract for next year yet. So th- those are the those are the question marks. Um, of those four, I'd be stunned if Boris Sekulich came back, and I don't think he was bad. Value for money. Value for money. I didn't notice him a lot, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, def- it spoke well of him defensively. Yeah, I don't think he was quite the right back Ezra Hendrickson wants in his system, who can contribute in the attack. Yeah. I think that was probably the biggest thing that was lacking there. And then, of course, the big question mark is at striker. And it seems like with the Opa DP spot, that's the most likely place the fire are going to go. But I feel like that also kind of hinges on if John Duran stays or not. Because if Duran stays, do you sign a DP striker? I, I, I think they probably do. Because I think what Ezra said yesterday was what you want to have is, is some consistency and, and production no matter who's starting. Um, my sense is that the Gaston Jimenez restructuring was done because they have a particular DP in mind. Yeah, that they, they wanted think to we're sign someone find out, and they couldn't do the math. speculation here, but I think we're going to find out about that DP sooner rather than later. I think it's going to be a nine that's all the, 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 the clues and hints, the breadcrumbs that they're leaving seem to be indicating that. I hope it's not somebody our friend Alex Calabresi suggested. Yeah, the, the, it is amazing. It is amazing how soccer Twitter works. It is a, a beautiful thing. And also just the Mexican soccer press combined with that is, is our friend Alex Jr. just throws out, hey, Raul Jimenez. From Wolves. What do people think about that? And the next thing you know, it is freaking everywhere. It's like, wait, no, 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 no. Some 18-year-old currently living in Syracuse, New York, just made that up. Like, that's not a real thing. He didn't have any sourcing on that. He he's just, not just any. He's got a pretty massive online following. So right, can, so it's like. Yeah, but he just made it up. It's like. I, it, I, didn't, it wasn't even like he was making up a rumor. Like, he was just saying, hey, this is a guy they, they should look to bring and in. And the next thing you knew, it's like, wait, wait, wait. No, he was like, wait, I was joking. Like, I, I didn't actually mean that. So if, if, if geez, it's a fireside role of Jimenez, uh, Alex needs to get the first question at that press conference and just direct it toward whoever, like, toward either Heights or Hendrickson to be like, uh, is this my fault? Like, did I do this? I don't want that. I don't want Raul Jimenez. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been a very good player. I just He has not been the same player since that very scary head injury yeah. he suffered. It doesn't mean he's, again, it doesn't mean he's not still a good player. Probably still going to go to the World Cup with Mexico this winter, but just I, that just feels like a very risky investment, and I don't know, um, don't know how I feel about that one. I, I, so I don't, you know, I don't have an idea of unless it's Robert Lewandowski or something. I, I, I like some Which pie in the sky. Has sailed. Yeah, unless it's some pie can't in the sky. I can't believe in, can't believe that rumor even ever got like. <laughs> Toes, let alone legs, a couple years ago. That was ago. like 2018 when, oh, when was, Twelman suggested that. Like, I don't was, know if it was whenever his he had a he had an expiring contract at Bayern, and it was like, oh, where could he go? And it's like, but it was like he's one of the best nines in the world. He's currently he's the, the leading the scorer in La Liga for Barcelona. Yeah, like, no, he's at not age 34. No. Anyway, God. you were saying. I don't know who I want to see in that role, but I think if you're going to. You know, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd have to do some more research to kind of like, yeah. and maybe this is a thing I'll throw online somewhere at some point. Is like I'll, I'll put try to put like a, we'll try to put like a list together of like, hey, here's some dudes. And you've also talked about are there any U.S. guys who need to come back to MLS? I've always been a big fan of this. We've seen it work a couple times. American reclamation projects, yeah. guys who went to Europe young, gave it a shot. And for one reason or not, maybe it just didn't work. A recent example of this not even didn't work, but just 
an opportunity to come home. Nashville SC did this very recently at right back with Shaq Moore, guy yeah. who got a few appearances for the U.S. He was playing for Tenerife in the second division of Spain. And while I'm sure living on Tenerife is a beautiful place to live, it's like hundreds of miles from any land and would be kind of a strange place to, to live anyway, even if it was very beautiful. So th there's always these guys floating around who it's like, could you entice them to come home? So at right back, for instance, a name like that could be a guy like Reggie Cannon. FC Dallas, U.S. Men's National Team. He's been at Boa Vista in... Portugal, that has been at times good, at times bad. He has most often played on the right side of a back three. He still has played it right back for the national team. But there's a guy who, like, okay, maybe his club situation has not gone quite the way he had hoped. Yeah. You pay FC Dallas some money and bring him home. There's guys like, you know, does, does Brian Rodriguez, formerly of FC Dallas and on loan from Roma, bouncing around Belgium, does he want to – keep doing that or is that a guy again you could see if maybe he has interest in coming home so that's just a market I always think that has been underexplored in the past is bringing guys who've been abroad bringing them back in and watching them succeed back in MLS I've, I had said the same thing that Josh Sargent should have done the same thing after last year but that does seem to be looking up a bit so there's always guys floating around like on the veteran number nine front I mean a guy like Christian Ramirez who played in MLS for a number of years, yeah. has been banging in goals for Aberdeen in Scotland for a couple of years. So I just I always think that Americans who are out of the spotlight, in, in terms of filling spots on a roster with quality guys who know how to play in MLS and who have succeeded in MLS, I just think that's a really underexplored avenue for a lot of MLS teams, and it's always worth taking a look to see if there's anybody. Chris Mueller, Fire already did that this year. Chris Mueller was a guy who his European adventure was not going the way he wanted. And so he comes back to the U.S., proves to be a very good signing. So the Fire are aware of this avenue. Yeah. I'd be interested to maybe see some more of it. We'll see. Whatever, whatever happens, I think things are going to look different. If the Fire yeah. do announce a DP number nine in the not-too-distant future, do you think that ba basically seals that Jean Durant is leaving? Not 100%. Because he's not going to want to be a backup if he stays another year. But I think, I think if, if I'm John Duran. And I know I'm the undisputed number one. Maybe I come back next season or I'm more apt to come back, even though I think John Duran's heart is in Europe, and I don't fault him for that at all. No. Um, if I know that you've just signed somebody else after doing it last year who looks to need to eat into your playing time, I would push harder for, for the move. The move. Yeah. And I mean, again, he just he was just in Colombia camps with guys like Radamel Falcao, who, yes, is still kicking around out there. Rafael Santos Bore, who went from uh, River Plate a few years ago and is now in Europe. I believe he's at Eintracht Frankfurt, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But again, so it, it makes sense that Duran wants to follow in the footsteps of these guys he's probably grown up yeah. idolizing. And so, yeah, it's going to be, I think, a complicated offseason. But, you know, between now... And MLS Cup is this period where you've got to get stuff in order, and maybe at that point we'll have a clearer picture of where the fire's offseason is going. Hopefully. We can only hope. As far as hearing from us again here podcast-wise, we don't have a consistent schedule coming up because it is the offseason. There's not exactly Chicago fire things. We're definitely not doing shows weekly during the offseason, yeah. but I think you'll hear from us from time to time as well. Yeah, what, what it's also is. maybe going to depend on news, like if something crazy happens in the yeah. fire's offseason – like, maybe we do a remote show. Maybe we, we pop in to talk about news when there is news to talk about. Obviously, there's a World Cup coming, so maybe you'll hear us talking about that. That is five weeks away from today, I believe, Ooh. is United States-Wales uh, in Qatar. And, you know, Lawrence and I are still pushing for the uh, Arsenal-Chicago CHGO show. Yep. It's, just, it's getting shot down left and right for some reason. I, I don't know why. Top of the table, four points clear. Four points clear. No invincibles. Feeling pretty good about that Liverpool Liverpool result? Um, yeah, that's great. No invincibles yep. for uh, and this season. By the way, Tyler uh, Terrence just chiming in about your lack of a weekly podcast. Hi, Tyler. <laughs> I hey, miss you. Ty, Ty, Tyler would do, it, uh, would do an Arsenal podcast. You could kick me out and replace me with Tyler and talk Arsenal. Tyler, what did you think of that Liverpool-Arsenal <laughs> result? I just wonder. We didn't get to talk that day for some reason, but... Uh, 
I we're going to wait like in the it. chat for a, 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 a <laughs> Tyler. Wait, wait quietly for Tyler a, a, to respond. A Tyler R-Swapped. Also, we didn't really get to this today. Um, <laughs> hi, guys. You'll never walk alone. Yeah, a, a couple of really late housekeeping notes on the way out the door, and I can't believe we didn't devote more time to this, but we've said it elsewhere. Shout out to Tyler and to Tony Miola for the job they've done the last couple of years on the Fire Local broadcasts. They will be missed. Certainly as the every game broadcasters of this team, and I thought both of them handled that last day with a lot of grace in terms of the way that I think Tyler's words were the rug was pulled out from under them a bit. So we're still waiting for the dust to settle on what happens next. It doesn't seem like anybody across Major League Soccer announcer wise knows what's happening there. There's a lot of very good still a lot up in the air. There's a lot of very good, very good, talented people currently in limbo and uh, hopefully that all works out um, for the best. Yeah, I, w- I would say this about Tyler. Uh, I would be stunned if he doesn't land somewhere with a, with a really good job. And I think by the 2026 World Cup, he's going to be one of the premier voices of American soccer. I think that feels like I don't a, say nice things about him very often. I think that feels like a very, very <laughs> fair, uh, fair prediction. Uh, also, uh, Tyler says he's applying for Lawrence's job. So he's not kicking me out. He's going to kick Lawrence okay. out. That's an, inter- that's right, an interesting Tyler. twist. Okay. Um, also, a, uh, a shout-out while we're here to the season that the other Chicago soccer team had, the Chicago Red Stars. They yeah. have been through hell and back in more ways than one. That team making the playoffs and doing all they did under the circumstances. Here is to brighter days ahead in Bridgeview. And I think that's a good way to just kind of sum up the world of Chicago soccer right now. So, Pat, you got any other things before we head into the offseason officially? No, I think we've covered it. All right, well, hey, thanks for sticking with us all season. Again, you're going to hear from us less frequently, but we really do appreciate listening, watching, reading what Pat writes, all that stuff. So thank you so much for a first great season off the field here at CHGO Fire, if not on the field for the soccer team. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you soon.